Welcome to the Words That Minister Grace podcast. In this podcast, we read excerpts from books that the host finds edifying. Expect to hear from authors such as Matthew Henry, John Calvin, and J.C. Ryle. We take our name from Ephesians 4.29, where Paul exhorts us that our speech should build up each other, or as the King James says, minister grace. I am your host, the fake King Hesse. In this episode, we begin our reading of Calvin's Institutes, Book 2, Chapter 8, which is an exposition of the moral law. We will be reading Section 1, which per the section heading, the summary is, The law was committed to writing in order that it might teach more fully and perfectly that knowledge, both of God and of ourselves, which the law of nature teaches meagerly and obscurely. Proof of this, from an enumeration of the principal parts of the moral law, and also from the dictate of natural law, written on the hearts of all, and, in a manner, effaced by sin. I believe it will not be out of place here to introduce the Ten Commandments of the Law, and give a brief exposition of them. In this way, it will be made clear that the worship which God originally prescribed is still in force, a point to which I have already averted. And then a second point will be confirmed, viz. that the Jews not only learned from the law wherein true piety consisted, but from feeling their inability to deserve it were overawed by the fear of judgments and so drawn, even against their will, towards the Mediator. In giving a summary of what constitutes the true knowledge of God, we show that we cannot form any just conception of the character of God without feeling overawed by his majesty and bound to do him service. In regard to the knowledge of ourselves, we show that it principally consists in renouncing all ideas of our own strength and divesting ourselves of all confidence in our own righteousness, while, on the other hand, under a full consciousness of our wants, we learn true humility and self-abasement. Both of these the Lord accomplishes by his law, first, when, in assertion of the right which he has to our obedience, he calls us to reverence his majesty, and prescribes the conduct by which this reverence is manifested, and, secondly, when, by promulgating the rule of his justice, a rule to the rectitude of which our nature, from being depraved and perverted, is continually opposed, and to the perfection of which our ability, from its infirmities and nervousness for good, is far from being able to attain. He charges us both with impotence and unrighteousness. Moreover, the very things contained in the two tables are, in a manner, dictated to us by that eternal law, which, as has already been said, is in a manner written and stamped on every heart. For conscience, instead of allowing us to stifle our perceptions and sleep on without interruption, acts as the inward witness and monitor, reminds us of what we owe to God, points out the distinction between good and evil, and thereby convicts us of departure from duty. But man, being immured in the darkness of error, is scarcely able, by means of that natural law, to form a tolerable idea of the worship which is acceptable to God. At all events, he is very far from forming any correct knowledge of it. In addition to this, he is so swollen with arrogance and ambition, and so blinded with self-love, that he is unable to survey, and as it were, descend into himself, that he may so learn to humble and abase himself, and to confess his misery. Therefore, as a necessary remedy, both for our dullness and our contumacy, the Lord has given us his written law, which, by its sure attestation, removes the obscurity of the law of nature, and also, by shaking off our lethargy, makes a more lively and permanent impression on our minds. Thanks for listening. In the show notes, you can find contact information and a link to the text from today. Remember to heed Paul when he says in Ephesians 4.29 to Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers.